0: Hello and welcome to episode 2 of the Football Gander podcast. Thanks for joining and listening as always. I'm Ed McIntyre and please say I'm joined by Kevin Cobley. How are you?
1: I'm alright, how are you?
0: Yeah, uh, not bad. How you been? How's your how's your week been? How's your two weeks been?
1: It's been, it's been all right. Chesterfield, have, you know, two draws, so can't can't, can't complain.
0: Yeah, we will we will adjust a Chesterfield fan. Yeah. Um and I'm also joined by Will Hopper as well. How are you, Will? Yeah, I'm good. Thanks. Yeah, yeah, busy two weeks.
2: Uh, just sleeping, really, to be honest.
0: <laughs> you know, you're now an actual freelance journalist as well, aren't
2: you? Yeah, yeah, I've been doing some stuff for the rugby paper, so I know rugby football, but uh, football's sort of my main sport. I don't mind doing the rugby union, it's a bit extra cash in it.
0: Yeah, true. Uh, for the next hour, we will be going over big talking points with, uh, in the footballing world, or at least in English football, anyways. And we will go over some other leagues briefly as well. Uh, so, yeah, let's crack on. And uh, now, if you did listen to the first episode of the podcast, you may remember that it was just half an hour long, Uh, but we will say now that that episode was for a university assignment, uh, wasn't it? So uh, the max time for that was half an hour, uh, and we had to include those interviews, and we based it around Yorkshire football teams, just to keep it in that half an hour uh, time time slot. Uh, But we decided to to, uh, continue the podcast, uh, so we've extended it to an hour. That gives us the opportunity to cover every league in a lot more detail Uh, so yeah it'll be an hour from now on we'll try to do one every single week and we're also going to try to do it on iTunes as well hopefully uh, by the next podcast it will obviously go on SoundCloud as well in the next podcast so we can tell you if it is going on iTunes or not and we will also be on YouTube as well so uh, as always make sure to uh, follow like and share or do whatever you need to uh, with this podcast but let's properly get into the uh, big topics uh, with football, and we've got to start with Manchester City, don't we? Uh, of course, they beat Manchester United uh, 3-1. They are now two points clear at the top of the league, uh, ahead of Liverpool. But they are 12 points ahead of Manchester United. Like they're just so far ahead of the rivals, aren't
1: they? It's 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 crazy when you look at it. Like I watched the highlights last night of uh, the, City, the you know Manchester derby, and like Manchester United only put. In the time it took City to score one goal, United had only put six passes together. That's insane. Like, I don't know if we can talk about City being that far ahead, but Manchester United being that far behind for six passes in 12 minutes, that's that's less than a pass a minute. That's ridi- that's absolutely ridiculous.
2: The thing is, though, it sh- they shouldn't be that far ahead. When you look at the teams on paper, it should be a lot closer. I'm not saying Man United are better than City on paper, but... You look, you've got the likes of, of Pogba and nah, and
0: I, I disagree with that I think for, play, for man to man Man City have the best team you know I don't think any Manchester United player will get into that Man City team like they couldn't but if you look at the money spent then that should tell you Man City should not be you know that much better than Man United I mean
2: yeah I, underst- I understand where you're coming from but I'm not saying United are better than City
1: but it should be a lot closer
2: I mean Pogba's just won World Cup for God's sake you know yeah. what I
1: mean like yeah 3-1 three, three It was embarrassing The thing is Mourinho's Wanting to rectify this By spending more money That's like No mate you like No you well just...
0: he's complaining About him not being able To get that much money You know he's, He hasn't had the money To buy the players That he
1: wants to improve the team But he has Yeah Like He keeps saying oh, He wanted to get a centre back in the, in the last transfer window It's like You've got You've got about nine of them Yeah you've got Baye, You've got Jones You've got Smalling You've got um, Who else we got Lindelof Lindelof Blind Blind
0: but... You go through them. Who, who, who out of them would get into a Man City team or any top six Premier League team? You know, Spurs have better centre backs. Chelsea have better centre backs. Arsenal now have probably have better centre backs. So, mm. you know, it's like they're the poor defenders. It, it's, really.
1: a cl- it's a classic thing with Mourinho though. His he, rather than train a player to try and play in a role that needs needs to suit them, he'd rather go to the transfer market. We saw him do it at Chelsea, um, where. He had he had like De Bruyne and Salah at one point, like under him. I think he had storage as well, and like he didn't take a chance on them. He'd rather buy someone that's more established and bring them in. Yeah, it's he, like, it's, it seems to be a problem, with Mourinho. I think it's his coaching style.
0: You mentioned De Bruyne as well. Uh, the Man City game, flash Man United, uh, all all of them from start to finish, really. And of course, the the one but they didn't have De Bruyne. The centre back pairing were John Stones and and uh, Laporte. Not even company or utter mend it. Like they had key players missing, yet this, they were still so much better than Man United.
2: I think Man United have to be careful as well because sooner rather than later they could turn into what Man City was a f- like a few years back. Not saying they'd be in the, like, the leagues below or anything, but they're just going to be that far behind it's going to be impossible for them to catch up again.
0: Yeah, I mean, you look at the table now, they're, they're eighth. You know, like as I said, Man City are twelve points ahead of them, but Man United down in eighth. They got Watford and Bournemouth ahead of them on goal difference. It's just not acceptable, is it for Man United?
1: No, like we like you've, you've, Manchester United's got that history, and they were Ferguson, where even if they were trailing in a game like they were against City, they would fight and they'd fight and they'd fight, and like to at least try and get bring something back. Like that last City goal, there was forty something passes put together. And not once did a Manchester United player try and close the ball down. It was like they, they weren't fighting. It like, I know Mourinho's trying to take blame off the team. It's like, you can't blame that off the team. That was just a lack of fight. They'd realised they'd lost the game because Manchester City could just hold the ball better.
2: I think we're seeing Mourinho's um, inadequacies, really, as a manager. I mean, when you look at the teams he's, he's managed before and he's been successful at, he was successful at Chelsea. Why? Because they had the most money. And then he went, what was it, Inter? Yeah. You, you, Inter was obviously going to be one of the better teams anyway. Yeah. Madrid was going to be one of the better teams. Chelsea came back. That was sort of a, like a homecoming, so there was that feel-good factor. But going to United, what's, 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 he, what's he done? I mean, every, everywhere, he he's, do, yeah, right? like
0: everywhere he's gone, he's spent a lot of money trying exactly. to get success, so but I he think, hasn't had that success.
2: Exactly. I think now we realise, because other teams have that much money as well, He's real. We're seeing his inadequacies to actually put a good team together, put some good tactics together. Whereas you look at Guardiola and the money he's spent and what he's been able to create. You mentioned tactics.
0: For me, that's where Jose Munoz lacks. He, I think his style of play is just outdated now.
1: Yeah, you know, like, he plays
0: yeah. the sit back and then the you know go on the counter attack or whatever. But other teams, you know, Man City, you know, playing three at the back, five at the back. However you see it. Passing out from the back, they're playing good football. Man, United don't play that good football anymore.
1: No, it's like Mourinho's style hasn't evolved with the game. Like, we saw when his original spell of Chelsea, like he was the manager to beat in the Premier League. If you could beat him in the Premier League, like you'd done a really good job. But his tactics haven't changed along with the game. Like, we've seen new formations come in, we've seen a, this play-out-from-the-back play sort of style becoming more and more popular. And he's done nothing to try and like create a style to combat that or do anything with that. It's... I don't, I, this is going to sound harsh, but he's, he's a dinosaur now in tactics.
0: Yeah, I I completely agree. And, um, y- you know, it, your style of play as well. Man United fans have been proper, like, all over them saying it's not the Man United way. But what is the Man United way, first of all? Um,
2: I think also, though, if Man United were to change their style of play at this point, I think it's it's too far gone now. I think if they changed it now, everyone would be like, oh, you're only doing that because you're copying City or because you're copying Liverpool or, or whatever. Whereas... I think Mourinho's got to now he's got to stick with it I think if he adapts now it'll just bring even more ridicule on him and his team
0: I mean they're getting good results here and there I mean they did beat Juventus away uh, last last midweek Juventus away in Champions League Um, you know they're getting good results over there but it's like in the Premier League they're just so far behind now I mean seven points off the top four and they may not even get Europa League
1: no it's ridiculous I think that Winning against Juventus was really fluky as well. They got a like, last minute corner, didn't they? And it sort of bounced around a bit. It came off a, you know, a Juventus player on the end to go in the back of the net. It was a free kick. Free kick, rather. Yeah. Yeah. So they got a bit of good luck. But I, th- I don't think Mourinho will be there next season. I think you know United's bosses have started to look around. I think Eddie Howe might be a good fit. You know, we've seen what he can do with a lesser budget. The but- guy that's managing Real Batiste at the minute in Spain, um, we've seen him being linked with a Barcelona job for next season. Um, if Manchester United can offer him enough money, it'd be nice to see, you know, and take a chance. Quite a
0: few weeks ago, Zidane, Zinedine Zidane, they mm. got him, who, who they could easily get. And I, I think as well, you know, when the Jose Mourinho-Paul Pogba situation was talking about, people were like one of them two are going to leave. It's either going to be Pogba or Mourinho. I think a lot of Man United fans would rather it be Mourinho who goes and Pogba stays. Um, but do, you, do you think Mourinho will go? Do you, do
2: you think he should go? Well, that's what I was going to ask you. I think. Do you think he'll go in January? Because it, when they're that far behind, Man United have to change something. They have to be, be in Europe. So when you're that far behind, do you make a managerial change in January?
1: So I don't think they would. We remember Van Haal? They, like, they were quite far behind when he was in charge for that season.
0: Still in U- uh, European football though. like yeah, Man uh,
1: United have an eighth. Eighth. I know. But like, they, didn't, they didn't get rid of Van Gaal until, what, four weeks after the end of the season, put Giggs in charge for like, the last two or three games. I I I personally think they'll probably probably do that again. I don't think they'll. I don't think it's Man United's management's way of. You know, it's just not their way to sack a manager in January.
0: I, I think it depends how the busy Christmas period goes. From if, if they don't p- get quite a lot of wind and then pick up a lot of points and you know make that gap with the top four a lot closer. You know they don't get ahead of Watford or Bournemouth. It could be out, but then again, the, the owner Ed Woodward, he just seems to be. You know really, you know, he really he seems to have faith in his managers, and if we you know if player and manager not agreeing with each other, he'll just get rid of the player. Uh, that's that seems to be the case. Uh, but we focus on Manchester City though; they are playing incredible football,
1: aren't they? It's, it's it's sublime to watch. It's it's nice to watch. It's you can enjoy their watching their style playing, not being Manchester City fan, and you sort of admire it and like. You wish my, I wish my team could play that way. Yeah, I mean that, that, that's that's when you know you've got a good football team.
0: Yeah, I mean I, I remember. Man City versus Arsenal early on its season, the Arsenal fans were chanting, you bought it all, but I'd rather my team buy it all and be successful than not buy anything and be you know, an awful team.
2: The thing is, they say they bought it all, but they they've didn't spent, buy exactly established players. No, they've not They've not bought the finished product. I mean, look at like Sir John Stones Still. or De Bruyne. Like, when they went to City, they weren't what they are now. They've improved that much more, mm. so it's. I think it's a mixture between buying and actually developing the player.
1: It's worth noting as well. They've not spent as much as some other teams have. Yeah. Uh, they've not spent as much as Man United have. I don't think they've spent as much as um, Chelsea haven't, like mm-hmm. over cumulative seasons. So uh, I think to say they've bought it also a bit harsh. I can see maybe where it's coming from. They've had some big transfers, like yeah. big transfer fees. But in my eyes they haven't bought it all. They've they've bought in the players they needed to buy. And they've brought in a coach that can offer that sort of style.
0: Yeah, and they've improved them as well. I mean, Gabriel Jesus, no one had ever heard of him before he came. Sterling, you know, he'd only just broke out in the Liverpool side and then they spent 50 million on him. You know, they are buying, you know, the youngsters and then developing, up, developing them up. And a few months ago, the owner of Manchester City as well came out with a statement saying, this is just the beginning and we we want to go out and buy it all. I mean, they, they of course, haven't won the Champions League yet, uh, but is that scary for other teams? with Fiona saying this is just the beginning and we want to be better?
2: I don't think I don't think the no. likes of uh, Liverpool or Chelsea could you see Abramovich being scared by that statement really? The
0: Abramovich i not been spending that much
1: no he's, he's got some issues he's got uh, issues to do with stuff going off, off in Russia so and apparently he was looking to sell it one bit he was looking to put the club up for sale I don't know if that's still true but, but it's, it's, it's the fact
0: that so many people think Manchester City has so many years, so many transfer windows ahead of everyone else in that league. I mean, it is, you know, Liverpool have only two points off, uh, Chelsea um, four points off, but it's like, you know, Man City are just so much better than quite a lot of other teams in that league, and you know, Liverpool, they're the closest rival, but Liverpool aren't matching their their scores. They drew with Arsenal one all the other week, so... Um, I, I, I'd be scared if I was another team listening to owner saying he, this is just beginning to want to get better. That, that that would be scary for me.
2: I don't know how how they could possibly get any better. If I'm honest, I mean they play that good anyway. Even getting a another world class player, someone's someone's going to leave. Like you can't have 30, 40 world class players and not play them every week. So I think
1: that's why we're all shocked that Mahrez went there in the uh, yeah. in the summer because. Where's he gonna fit in? He's, he come, seems to be coming off the bench quite a lot, so he's getting some playing time. But it's probably not as much as he, he was. Was well, definitely not as much as he was getting last year, where he was a star.
0: Started against Man United, though, and he did, he did actually play quite well. Um, but of course, they haven't won the Champions League yet. But could they this season? Could they win all four trophies that are at hand? I mean, you're looking at Champions League. Real Madrid—they're way off the mark this season. Uh, of course, they sacked uh, manager uh, Lo uh, recently. But could Man City? Could they win
2: all four? I think it 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 is it would be incredible. Um, to win all four is a very, very big ask because not only are you playing your league games, you've got your midweek Champions League, then you're going to have rearranged fixtures for your FA Cup, your League Cup. By the time February comes, you could just run out of gas.
1: Personally, I think they'll go for the double. I think I think they'll sack off the League Cup and the FA Cup unless like they start building some momentum in the FA Cup League Cup. I don't think they'll be bothered about it. They won it last year, so there's, there's not that sort of... Need to win it this year, but I think they'll personally go in pursuit of that Champions League, especially if like UEFA is saying, "Well, you might not be involved because you're breaking financial fair play." So yeah. it'll be Premier League and Champions League they're going to be after.
0: Yeah, that Champions League I think has to be priority for Manchester. Yeah, you
1: they've know, got to win
2: it.
0: You know, they, they say that they're such a good team. You know, they are a good team at Premier League, but it's like they haven't established themselves in European football yet. You know, past few seasons well, the they've the been
2: barely getting past the group stage. It's the same as PSG. Like, you, you want to go out and spend that much money to be an established club in Europe, but yet, yeah, when was the last time you won the Champions League?
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh, Juventus as well. Yeah. Uh, Juventus could, could be on card. I know that they lost against Man United, but they may win the Champions League. I think those are like the teams. Man City and Juventus are probably, um, maybe Barcelona, probably the teams who I would say maybe, will be like yeah. proper contenders. I don't think Real Madrid will get there. Maybe, maybe. Atlético Madrid as well, but I, I can't see Real Madrid being there. Uh, but Man City could they win all four? That will be uh, very interesting to see. Um, of course, Spurs in fourth on twenty-seven points. Um, they won the last game away at uh, Palace. Uh, but I, w- I want to discuss their pitch. The state of their Wembley pitch is awful.
1: It is, uh, but you've got to remember they have had um, NFL games there, haven't they? It's over the past couple of weeks. So that's that. Obviously, takes a massive toll on the pitch management.
0: Yeah, but the thing is, they shouldn't be playing on that, like you know, NFL games. Yeah, but they shouldn't be playing on that pitch anyway. They should have moved into their new stadium back in uh, September when they played Liverpool at home, but they didn't, and they probably won't even move until next season, until the start of next season. Now that's how much it's been delayed. Now, one, it's poor management with the stadium being built, but two, it's like, yeah, surely they've, they've won their course and been able to play at Wembley.
2: Well, I think they're the victims of their own downfall. I mean, why promise? Oh yeah, we'll be in by September, and then not expect bad things to happen when you can't uh, see those promises through. Yeah, I mean, building companies don't just say at the
0: last minute, you know, the, the, a day before deadline, oh, we're not going to get it done. They knew way in advance. Yeah. like they should have. They should have um, told everyone straight away first, you know, earlier. Yeah, but they had been playing at Wembley. Uh, of course, they played at MK Dons uh, in the League Cup match a, a few months ago, a few yeah. weeks ago, <laughs> rather. Um, but, you know, the state of that Wembley pitch is just yeah. disgusting. What,
1: what, what I love, though, is um, advertisers, like advertising, like, um, I don't know call them, sort of like off-combat for advert- adverts and stuff, they've had a word with Spurs and said, you can't keep promising that this new Spurs stadium would be the only place to watch, champion, uh, watch Champions League football in London because it's not there yet.
2: <laughs> I think as well, you've got to remember, it is Wembley. It's not their stadium. Yeah. So it is actually up to the Wembley, Wembley uh, grounds of to sort of keep the pitch in a decent state.
0: I'm fed up of seeing Spurs play at Wembley now. I mean, like, you know, listening to Talk Sport um, during the course of last season, the one about, you know, they're playing at Wembley, but it's like, when in FA Cup, League Cup, it's like, the teams who play against them, like lower league teams, it should be like an honour to play at Wembley, but yeah, they're going there third round, fourth round to play Spurs at Wembley. I, I, I don't personally, you know, they need somewhere to play, obviously, but... I think they would have just run the course on Memory. and they need to get into that new stadium uh, quick. Uh, but the North London rivals, Arsenal, they're on a good run. 16 games unbeaten uh, in the Premier League. They drew with Wolves though in the last game, won all. Uh, but they have been on a good run. 16 games unbeaten.
1: I think the uh, international breaks just came at the right time for them because they've drew like the last three or four games, haven't they? So they sort of needed that international break to come. Um, but they are in a fantastic form and I think this international break is only going to help them because it means like... Key players like Lacazette, Aubameyang Players that aren't, aren't going to get into their national teams Which there's a fair few of in Arsenal They're going to get a nice, nice long rest Two weeks off And they'll come back fitter and fresher Ready for them They've got some big games against Spurs and Man United coming up, they, after Yeah, it have got, got
0: Spurs and uh, Man United away
1: Yeah, so you know, they're going to be fit and rested for that And I think, looking at it I think they could definitely win against Manchester United Spurs, I think, probably be a draw I,
2: I think, though, who saw this coming? especially the way they started the season and how they were playing.
0: But you look at the first two games, was Chelsea and Man City? Man City home, Chelsea away. Those are difficult games, but since then they've been unbeaten. It's it's incredible.
2: Again, though, that City-Chelsea start, they're the teams that they should be beating or at least competing with, and it wasn't anywhere near close, which is why I think that this run has sort of shocked a lot of people because they've seen Arsenal go from Looking sorry for themselves to now actually, well, they're in fifth and only what three points off finishing in the top four.
0: I mean, you say that they should be competing against Chelsea and Man City. I don't think they should. No, they didn't finish in the Champions League last season. They're quite a lot of transfers windows off. This is like the rebuild stage. Um, I should commit myself though. They are sixteen games of beating in no all competitions and not just the league. Um, but they look like a new ar- a new Arsenal, a new era under Unai Emery. He's doing a fantastic job there.
1: Yeah, I mean, I know we'll mention the Chelsea game, um, but they'd actually played pretty From what I remember, they played pretty well in that Chelsea game. And it was just basically the the shots, the Lacazette and Aubameyang were sort of missing chances that they'd usually you know, hit nine times out of ten. So I, I personally think we'll see them in Champions League spot in the season, but it's going to take another season or two to maybe get to the point where they're challenging for a league yeah, league title. Yeah,
2: I think Emery knows what he wants to do, and if you're an Arsenal fan, I think it's now good to see that they've moved away from that sort of boring Arsenal Wenger sort of uh, yeah.
0: They're playing good football, yeah,
2: which is important. That's the thing, you need to you don't you can't just win games, you have to look good doing it. And they're sort of following that Man City sort of um showbiz sort of like, let's let's actually excite the fans. I mean, we yeah. all know that Arsenal's not exactly one of them uh, rocking stadiums or, or anything. So they, they have to, I think. Emery was a good appointment in the end.
1: But watching the Arsenal matches on TV, you can tell the atmosphere there has changed a lot. The fans seem to be a lot more upbeat, a lot more positive. There's less. Well, there's definitely no more Wenger out chances there. So, uh,
0: can you see him winning the trophy this season?
1: FA Cup, probably. Yeah. It seems to be a running joke now that Arsenal can only win the FA Cup. Yeah, I think <laughs> it'll be a cup if they're going to win anything.
0: Uh, I think we should uh, go over the uh, Danny Welbeck injury. Of course, in the nil uh, no draw at home uh, against Sporting Lisbon in the Europa League, Danny Welbeck he uh, jumped for a header in the box and fell awkwardly on his ankle. And the pitches are just horrible. The pictures are really, really nasty. And uh, you know he's had successful uh, surgery, but he probably won't play again until this time next year. Uh, if we're going to be honest, and that's his Arsenal career
1: over, isn't it? I mean, from a business sense, I don't think Arsenal are going to offer him a new contract if there's no guarantee he'll be back for this time next year. A person think they won't offer him a new contract. They'll they'll basically pay, you know, keep on his contract till it runs out, and then it's just up up to him to try and find a team. that's willing to take a risk on him. Um, Someone like Burnley or Everton might want to take a risk on him and see what they can do. See what they can do. See if they can, you know, bring him back once he's in full fitness. But Arsenal, his Arsenal career is probably over. I think that's that's a fair assumption.
2: Yeah, that's the only problem with Welbeck is that he is injury prone. So if he does go somewhere, it is a huge risk because he's not going to be cheap. Mm. Um, no,
0: well, it, it's just your wages that you have to pay for. You don't yeah, have to pay but for, okay, that's what I mean. I like,
2: still like going to the newest contract. His, his wages will be a lot higher than the likes of Burnley will probably want to pay, I think.
0: Do you think, do you think they'll still be high after, after an injury that he's had? With the,
2: with the, with the You've got to remember their egos. Yeah. He's going to be saying, I'm a proven Premier League goal scorer. I'm an England international. I deserve this much money.
0: Yeah, well, to be honest, you should you should just want to get back out into football mm. anywhere you can and however much however much you can.
1: To, um, yeah. to be fair to him though, he had been in fa- before his injury. I'd been in fantastic form. He'd Been in fantastic form, and I feel yeah. so sorry for him because he, he was playing so good, especially
0: in the Europa League games. And he's now got this injury, and that's probably last time he'll play for Arsenal, isn't it? Mm. We did mention Bournemouth and Watford earlier, but just quickly go over them. They are having fantastic seasons, aren't they? Like, who who saw them? Like Watford, they were in the top four. Uh, so with Bournemouth, they've been in the top four this season. They're having fantastic seasons, aren't they?
2: Yeah, they are. And I, I like it with Bournemouth, although I'm not a f- massive fan of them actually being in the Premier League. I think they're a bit small of a club. But I like Eddie Howe. Eddie, Eddie Howe is it. a good manager. And I think he's now getting the uh, the credit he deserves that. Everyone said, "Oh yeah, he's a good manager in the past," but I think now we're really starting to see that he is, or could possibly be, a world class.
1: I, th- I think he's a world class manager. I think you look at what he's done with Bournemouth, where they've, where he's took them from League Two to uh, the Champ- uh, Premier League and kept them there for two or three seasons. i had like he had a bit, bit of time away at Burnley for a season, like what half a season or so. But you know, he's done a fantastic job, and I actually credit him more for doing that than I would Pep Guardiola winning the. Premier League with Man City because yeah. they've got like not even half the budget Man City have. They've they can't rely on the attendances as well because they've only got smallest ground. Um, you know, they were, at one point they were in administration, yeah, so he's, he's done a fantastic job with them. Yeah, I'm I'm quite
0: a big fan of like Bournemouth being in Premier League just for story of them climbing from the you know through the leagues and into the Premier League, and you know them all. Watford could get you European football next season. That'll be absolutely incredible for them both. So they're both having fantastic seasons. Uh, but we move uh, to the other end of the table, and uh, Fulham—they still can't seem to get a win, can they? They haven't won since the end of August. Uh, Turner lost to Liverpool in the last game, uh, but that crucial defeat away at Huddersfield, where they lost one-nil—that was, that was a terrible defeat. And Huddersfield—they're uh, on good form, aren't they? Four points from six. That, you know, this past week they've had a good week.
1: I think yeah. Huddersfield are now going to struggle because. The uh, international breaks came in just just as they were starting to pick up form. So, you know, that, that might hold their, you know, sort of um, momentum a little bit. But Fulham, like, you looked at, you know, when experts are doing their Premier League predictions, they're all predicting Fulham to have a mid table finish, like high, uh, you
0: know, what,
1: 11 to 12th finish?
0: Yeah, well, they're spent well and the manager is
1: decent and they've got decent players. Andre Scherler, he's, you know, he's a good shout. Mitrovic. Yeah. Mitrovic. Uh, Sari. Is it Sari? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's how you pronounce it. Like they've got fantastic players there, and they're just Sessignon as well. Ryan Sessignon, is a fantastic young player. And you look at that and you're thinking, where's it sort of going wrong? Where's where's it not connecting? Well, I can tell you where it's not connecting is defence. <laughs>
2: 31 <laughs> goals conceded <laughs> in 12 games. I, I, I can see that, but I, I, I agree, though. I was one of them that I thought, out of the teams that came up from the championship, I thought Wolves and Fulham, they'll be fine. Yeah. And it's obviously, proven not to be the case, hasn't it? <laughs>
1: no, but I think you keep seeing though when they're doing putting start line, uh, starting lineups out, they keep putting Sesen as a left Session on as a left back. And we saw last season that he was playing that left wing, left attacking wing role, and he was doing fantastic there. So why going showing him back into left back? Like that well, he is a natural left back, but but, but last season he was, his his form came when he played through the pitch when he was playing an attack when he was playing the attack in the attacking yep. three, but.
0: I mean, I, I certainly didn't see them being bottom of the league uh, at all during the course of the season. I thought that they would, you know, be mid-table. Uh, I think Huddersfield. I saw them being at bottom three, and saw so Cardiff as well. Uh, but Huddersfield, could they survive now? We we tipped them for relegation in the last in the last episode, but could they survive four, four points from six?
2: No, I, I still think no. They've only oh, like, scored yeah. six goals. Like, I still don't see where the goals are coming from.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think, don't
2: get me wrong. Yeah. Like, fair enough, they've got they've had some uh, good results, but. They beat Fulham. It's not an achievement, is it?
1: <laughs> so I think they they could have a chance, but they need to beat Fulham again in the return fixture. They need to beat uh, Cardiff. They the need bi- to beat,
0: basically ne- need to beat the teams that are around there.
1: Yeah. yeah, they need you know they need to take like four out of six point four or six points from them at least. You can't you can't lose a game to any of those teams around you. And the
0: team that is around there in the relegation zone is Southampton. I think, I think that we should go over. Uh, uh, we should have a listen to the Charlie Austin post-match interview uh, after their 1-0 draw at home to Watford. Uh, he went, basically went on a massive rant after other Southamptons disallowed goal when it was ruled offside, so uh, let's have a listen. They shouldn't in the game. They get a point. We, we scored a perfectly good goal. Make it 2-0. game's done, done dusted. We win the game. Fishers
2: cost us two points today. It's standard they said it's offside, hit me, I didn't, I hit it twice, hit me, Bob that. that's why Dan Foster, it's a joke, Gone about VAR this, VAR that, help the officials out, clearly they need help, clearly, we play
0: in the Premier League, the best league in the world, the most watched league in the world, give them all the help they need, because clearly it costs us two points a day, it's a joke. Now that is a funny rant, let's be honest, that is a funny rant, but joking aside, he does have some good points in that.
1: It does, I mean it does sound a bit like Smithy from Gavin State when he's moaning about you know people digging into his curry, but... You know, it's got a fair point. Where's 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 VAR gone? Because it seemed to be doing an all right job at the World Cup, and then, you know, well, it's doing a sort of okay job. It needed some improvement still, but he's right. The officials, you know, cocked up, and you know, they lost that on two points as a result of that.
0: Yeah, the, the officials do need help, and you know, down there, every point matters. And if they got that three them three points, that win, that is absolutely massive for them. That'll, uh, you know, climb them out of that relegation battle. Yeah, uh, if, if you know to pick up that many points throughout the season, uh, but it, it is funny, isn't
2: it? <laughs> it is. Yeah, it was quality, wasn't it? Especially all the uh, the park life videos going around on on Facebook and, <laughs> yeah. and whatever. But I mean, it, yeah, I agree. Uh, he has some he has some good points, and uh, I think it is time now that we see some changes yeah, with so the officials.
0: VAR, I, I think the big talking point. VAR, you know, it does cause controversy, but it does help to, you know help the officials out, but also teams out as well. Because if they get a decision that goes that goes against them, you no, know, if they score the goal but it goes against them, even though it shouldn't
1: have, you know, that's
0: massive for them, you know, like Southampton. But he'll surely get fined
1: now, will he? Oh, FA will. Like they don't. We've seen they don't take uh, people talking about them yeah. in a bad manner too 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 lightly, have we?
0: Pontus Jansson, Leeds United, a few weeks ago yeah. after the, uh, the uh, Brentford draw, he said the referee was shit basically, Um, and he got a fine, so Charlie Austin, he'll probably uh, expect a fine uh, in the the next uh, few days, Uh, but we move on to the championship, and what a crazy weekend it has been in the championship, some crazy, crazy results, Uh, one to pick out was um, Derby, they lost 3-0 at home to Aston Villa, that's a massive surprise, League United, they've been on good form recently, but they got hammered, by West Brom at the Hawthorns, they lost 4-1, they are still in third place though, Uh, Birmingham, they drew 3-0 with uh, Hull City, Uh, quite a lot of goals there, Norwich City, who are top of the table, a crazy game down at Carrow Road, they went uh, 2-1 down against Millwall, um, then they uh, they end up winning 4-3 basically they won 4-3 an absolute crazy crazy weekend uh, of results in the championship it's championship at it's best isn't it? it
1: it just shows why we love the championship because it is a league where anything can happen like the Derby Aston Villa result I think just about anyone was backing Derby to win that um, you know people were betting they were betting on Derby to win that and then Villa came and thrashed them 3-0
0: yeah I mean Villa aren't having that good a season they are mid-table and you would have expected Derby to win that but to lose three 0 at home, Derby have been on good, fo- good of a form as well.
1: Yeah, they beat Sheffield um, United. They beat you know, they'd beat a few top sides, aren't they? They you know, looked like they'd be good, you know, going to be in top of league if they have yeah. won that match. So,
2: I think that's the thing though with Derby. Are they sort of only playing when they feel it's necessary? Like they've raised their game when they've played the top teams, but when they've when they've played some of the some of the lesser teams, they've not they've not looked too good, have they?
0: No. Uh, of course, Norwich City are top of the table. Uh, they've seemed to come out of nowhere, haven't they? But they've won the previous five league games, one loss in 12 uh, since their 3 0 loss to uh, Leeds United at Carrow Road. Uh, but could they win the league? Like, they'll be massive underdogs, won't they? Because this is now the third season in the Championship since the relegation for Premier League. You know, they're not on, they ain't got the biggest budget in the world. You know, um, uh, Webber, uh, he's come out and said, you know, the. Cat splash a cast loads so they are kind of underdogs and they've come out of nowhere but they're on really good form and they are top of the
2: league it's amazing isn't it it is but we've got to remember we're not even halfway through the season yet and it is the championship anything can happen I mean you look there the top 10 are only separated by seven points
1: yeah you've got to remember class is permanent and form is temporary I think that's the old mantra isn't it Mm -hmm. um they have come out of nowhere. We think we would, on the last podcast we would say like the top three was all Yorkshire clubs, and now Leeds lost four one, Sheffield United drew that nil, had nil nil draw it to Wednesday. Oh no know, home sorry, and still City derby. Yeah, and it's, uh, it's a it's a topsy turvy world the Championship.
0: Yeah, I mean, past past weekend's fixture just shows you you know what you know one week it could be like all the top teams win. Next week, just losses all around. It's absolutely crazy. Leeds United four-one loss away at West Brom. Are they on the decline? They were top of the league you know, a few weeks ago.
2: Again, though, I I take it back to that. I mean, West Brom aren't a bad team. No. Let, let's remember that. Let's. The West Brom were no. playing at home. The Hawthorns is a notoriously difficult place to go anyway. Um, I don't know if Leeds are on the decline. I think we'll have to wait for a, a few more a few more uh, results we'll. <laughs> uh, but I think um, no we'll we'll have to wait and see it's early days
0: um, yeah, so Norwich top at league uh, Leeds may be on a decline uh, but the league is still so tight I mean it's, it's so so tight and it's tight down at the bottom as well uh, another um, Greater Yarmouth uh, side Ipswich Town they are bottom of the league they seem to be Going down though, they've uh, five points off, you know, from going out they're, they'll they'll be going down surely.
2: Unless they put a magical run together, I think they're done for. I think honestly, it'd be I think it'd be amazing if they stayed up. Obviously we'd like to see I mean what Ipswich won the UEFA Cup, didn't they, in like the nineties or eighties or something, so for them to be in League One I think would be a massive disaster.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's not looking good if you're in an Ipswich run, is it? Like I think they're more a lot of Ipswich fans are more or less sort of Re, so sort of re, really relegated to the, themselves to the fact that you know we are going to go down, but if we go down, it might be a time to rebuild and come back up. But stacking the manager and stuff that seems to be going off around the ground, it's it's just not a, not a good place to be at the minute. They need to pick
0: up the home form. I mean, I I, I
1: don't think they've. I still don't think that they've won a, a
0: home game this season, which is incredible. I mean, usually it's a really really tough place to go.
2: Zip switch. Well, they've only had one win anyway. So, <laughs> I think that, but again that that. That tells you how, how tough the the championship is when a team like Ipswich is that far off the off the drift.
1: I mean, yeah, there is they're, a, they're an established championship team right now. They've been down there for a good good few seasons, so it's a it's, a, it's one of these weird things. Into I think we see it every now and then. If you don't go up in the championship or to the league one or league two, if you don't take your chances and go up to the next league. Other teams catch up, and you know we end up down at the bottom. we seeing with Bradford in League One.
0: Yeah, I mean we've seen it with Hull City as well in the Championship. They were in Premier League a few seasons ago. Uh, they had not spent much money. They are in uh, financial, uh, you know, an embargo. Um, so they look to be on the way down as well. But I mean, look at that. There's four teams all on 16 points, separated by goal difference down there. Uh, and then you got Rotherham and Preston just ahead. They are two points clear of the relegation zone. But it is so tight. Up and down the championship, and we're 17 games in. You know, it's absolutely crazy. Uh, but now it is time for this. So at this point in the show, where I I will quickly go over the uh, talking points in other leagues around the world, and we'll start with La Liga, where Barcelona they lost four three to Rio Betis at home that is a a crazy crazy result They went 4-2 down in this game as well but Messi uh, with a last-minute penalty but that was not enough uh, to uh, let Barcelona uh, come back but they still remain top though despite uh, Sevilla Atletico Madrid and Alaves uh, winning but I tell you it's very interesting Uh, those three teams Sevilla Atletico and Alaves just one point behind Barcelona they all on the same point it's incredible teams coming out of nowhere Alaves who had even heard of them, but they're up there, and they're one point off the top. Uh, Real Madrid, they won 4-2 away at Celta Vigo. Uh, that put them four points behind Barcelona in fifth, but it's incredible. This season in La Liga is tight as ever. Um I'll tell you where it isn't so incredible though. Liga, uh, PSG, now 13 points clear at the top. Uh, there's 13 points clear ahead of second place, Lille. But they beat Thierry Henry's Monaco 4-0 away from home in the last game Monaco on 7 points second from bottom in 19th it's not good for them Thierry of course just went to Monaco uh, so surely he, he could be on way out couldn't
1: he? I thought uh, he's only just got there ain't he? but you've got to remember he's not an experienced manager he was an assistant coach of Belgium before the Monaco job but um, yeah it's just a case of they've just sold all their good players on Moutinho Mbappe Mbappe um, Falcao went for you know a bit and then came back. Um, James Rodriguez, you know, who's, who's still there that's uh, a world-class player? Yeah,
0: and Thierry, I mean, it really doesn't look like, you know, management probably isn't the way for him. He's doing he's doing so poor there, and a 4-0 loss uh, to PSG probably isn't good enough for them. Uh, it's not so different in Serie A either, as a 2-0 win at AC Milan for Juventus, put them five points clear at the top. Uh, look like they'll be running away with Serie A, it is different, though, in Bundesliga. Uh, of course, it was the Classica, Hopefully I pronounced that right. Uh, that was last Saturday, which saw Borussia Dortmund come from 2-1 down at home to beat Bayern Munich 3-2. Dortmund now four points clear of second place Borussia and Mönchengladbach. And hopefully I pronounced that right as well. Uh, but they are seven points clear of Bayern Munich. That is unacceptable for Bayern Munich, isn't it?
1: That is... Um, I, I can't... The Bundesliga this season really spiced up because... Bayern Munich have been in such poor form and being so heavily reliant on players like Ribby and Robin, who are sort of starting to age and they're missing out on a few players haven't they like Coman's out through injury there's a few others um, James Rodriguez apparently isn't very happy there um, because he's not getting started you know getting starts very often because of you know this reliance on old guard but um, yeah that that league's starting to spice up it's it's been a bit bland the past three or four years but you know this season I'm looking forward to that so i try to watch the highlights every week if I can as well.
0: Is it Bush adoptments yeah? They haven't won the league in so long, it's always been Bayern Munich, but seven points claim of Bayern
2: Munich, is it there, yeah? I hope so. It'd be nice to see a change, wouldn't it? Yeah.
1: yeah they'll cancel that. Uh, Bayern's league uh, twice in that game against Bayern, so, you know, you'd have thought, you'd have thought so. But I think it depends off to keep uh, players like Jadon Sancho and Marco Royce fit. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. It would definitely, definitely be nice uh, for a change. Uh, but now, of course... It is the international break uh, this week and next week. Uh, England, of course, playing two games in four days uh, this week. They play uh, USA on Thursday night uh, in a friendly and then uh, Croatia on Sunday in the UEFA Nations League. That is a two o'clock kickoff, uh, I believe. But uh, England, how, how do we feel about international breaks, guys, first of all? Are, are you more excited for them now from, you know, since the World Cup?
2: Um, I don't know. I think this UEFA Nations League is sort of took away my sort of excitement for it because I don't really know what's going on, if I'm honest with you. I don't think it's been explained properly exactly what happens and what it all means.
0: Yeah, I don't think that many people know what, what's going on. I think,
2: so you've got groups,
0: you've got groups of three teams and uh, groups of four teams and groups are split into sections and I think if you win your group and win the section, you uh, get straight into uh, the Euros. Uh, if you only win your group, then you get put into a playoff two get into the Euros and then if you don't win anything then you just get put into the regular qualifiers for the Euros I think that's how it works uh, but how bet you Kevin are you more excited for international breaks now to watch England
1: I mean it makes them a bit more competitive in the last international break we won beats being 3-2 um, but I want start get excited about them I think some of the matchups are a bit more interesting now but the last game against Croatia we drew 0-0 and I, I spent £20 on a dominoes to watch that game and I regret, regretted it because it was so Boring. <laughs> <laughs> um, to be honest, since the World Cup and since that three-two
0: win away at Spain, I'm kind of like looking forward to these two matches. I've got some cousins who live in America, so if we beat USA, I can just rub it in their faces. Um, and of course, if we uh, beat uh, Croatia, we will go top of a top of a group, which uh, you know, and then we'd hope that Croatia will beat Spain. It'd probably be hard for them, Probably unlikely to happen, but we could win the group. Um, but you know. I, I, for me, I'm more excited to watch England now. I, I think it's you know since for World Cup, since we've seen how well you know we have you know we can play under Garth Southgate. You know, England, they they have a good team now.
2: We've always been a good team. We just haven't we haven't put it together when it mattered, and that's what we did obviously this last summer. Um, I am I am more excited to watch England play, but still I think it's still a little bit too boring for me if I'm honest. <laughs>
1: So I, quite, I I enjoy watching England a bit more now because Southgate plays quite an attractive style of football and we are playing, you know, really well. And, like, it's like Will we said, we've always had a good team. Remember, we had the Golden Generation from 2000 through to 2008 and we did nothing with them because we didn't have the right manager-player manager combos. But, you know, I, I still don't get excited about the, these international breaks. Like, when they come, I'll maybe watch a game or two if I can be bothered. But... I'm just looking forward to Rooney coming back. I am looking forward to seeing him play for 45 minutes. Yeah, on Wayne mo-
0: Rooney mo- Only 45 minutes, do
1: you think? Yeah, he's only, um, only going to play for the first half. It's going to be some sort of like testimonial thing where they, a lot of the proceeds are going to his charity and they've named it in his honour and stuff like that. Ah, so that's why he's coming out of time. He? He's not playing in the Croatia game either. Uh, no, I no. They've, um, when they put the team shoots out, they put a little star next to his name saying only for Croatia. So he's playing like, the first first half and then he's coming off. So. Only for USA? He yeah, uh, yeah, only for USA. Yeah, uh, Rooney really coming back, it will
2: be, be good to see Rooney, wouldn't it? Um, Yes and no. Yes, obviously, because of what he's achieved in the game, and it's it's obviously going to be, he's still, for me, a top-quality player. But it is going to be very, um, not scripted, but like, very just too much show business going on with it being in the USA, and that's the only reason why he's coming back for that game, because he's already there anyway. Yeah. So, I don't know, I've got mixed feelings about it.
1: I mean, it's nice to see that, you know, they're obviously putting the uh, money t- money towards charity and stuff, and that's always a good cause, but it's like, sure, that's another chance to give a better, or a younger England player a uh, start. Yeah, and if that, friendly, That's my only sort of nag with it...
0: Yeah, but, I mean, it is great that they're doing charity work. Uh, Wayne Rooney, let's talk about him for a second, because since he joined uh, FC Dallas, they've been... DC United. United. Oh, DC United, yeah. <laughs> um, they have been on... They did go on a good run, didn't they?
1: Yeah, they had a fantastic run of form and the... Uh, he only sort of fluffed his liners a bit in the MLS playoffs, yeah. um, but yeah, fantastic, you know, run of form, he was he playing well, he was like, I still remember that goal was set up where he, he tracked right the way back to the halfway line, pinched the ball, whacked it upfield and got it, managed to somehow, smallest guy on the pitch, managed to jump up and hit it, you know, I, think, I can't remember if it was an equaliser, a winning goal, but he got nominated for goal of the season for MLS.
2: For me, that's one of the all-time great moments in football, I think. Just the the at his age, he's got nothing left to prove. He's playing in a you know an inferior league, but yet he still shows that desire and determination to try and win games.
1: I know, yeah. you, I know you just said like the MLS and inferior league. But I, I've got to admit, in the past two or three seasons, I'm starting to warm up to it a bit more. I don't like this MLS playoff thing. I think that's a load of crap. Um, <laughs> I'd rather just have a regular season. But I think f- for, to get attracted a bigger audience, you have to do that playoff sort of thing. Also, more money, because more games. But um, because stars like his and Rooney and stuff are going out there now, I think he's getting a lot more attention, and like they're starting to attract sort of attractive names now. Like a guy from River Plate is going to be playing there next season, uh, Sh- uh, Martinez. So uh, he's gonna be going to be joining there next season. So it's going to be. It's definitely looking a lot better. I think there's a lot more interest in it now from over here, and I think hopefully that's going to spread to the American market.
0: Yeah, and speaking of the uh, MLS, uh, LA Galaxy strikers, Latan Ibrahimovic, he has been named MLS 2018 Newcomer of the Year, and he has, he has been incredible at MLS. 22 goals, 10 assists in 27 games.
2: Well... Wasn't it his debut against LAFC where he ended up coming on and like scoring two goals when they were 3-1 down or something and one of them was a the last minute yeah. or something yeah. like that? I and can't and remember, one of the goals as well was from about like, yeah, it was a, 30 yards yeah. out yeah. or something. Yeah, ridiculous, yeah.
0: Absolutely crazy and there's a quote here, it says, you're lucky I didn't come 10 years earlier because I would be president by now. <laughs> <laughs> so he's modest he, as always is his Latterny. I
1: do love Slotan but I can't help but feel that Rooney probably should have won that award because... Remember when, DC, when he came to DC United, they were bottom of the league. Yeah. He, can't, he can't
0: beat that, though. 22 goals, 10 assists in 27 games.
1: I think just for the impact of what he's had on his team, I mean, he's assisted, I think he's became their top assist and top goal scorer. I'm not sure. But it, it, like, the impact made, he managed to get DC United to the playoffs, at LA Galaxy, oh, I think they missed out. So
0: Yeah. I mean, advantage, he's, he's a good team, he's a good player. And uh, MLS does seem to be attracting some big names, but. Uh, Uh, Moving away from MLS, because we were talking about England, Um, of course, USA game, first of all, do you have any predictions?
2: 3-0 England. I was going to say 2-1 England.
0: 2-1, Ash. You know what, I'll go for 3-1
1: England. I hope we beat USA. Down, because, down the middle, Ed. Down the middle.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, if we lose against USA, my cousins in, in America will, like, probably, like, mince it. I'm saying, oh, USA better bet than England. We didn't even call a World foot World last time.
1: I want to be involved in that phone call. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, no, I think England will win. Uh, but the game against Croatia, of course, if we do win, we will go top of the group and we need to hope that Croatia beats
2: Spain. Is that going to
0: happen? Do you think Croatia beating Spain?
2: No. Uh, do you think we'll beat Croatia, though? I think we'll beat Croatia, but I can't see uh, Croatia beating Spain, no.
1: I think Croatia could beat Spain. I think Croatia had a fantastic World Cup as well. Did they knock out Spain in the World Cup? No, Russia beat, beat Spain. But. Um, I think Croatia could do it. I think as long as Modric and Rakitic are on the pitch and Mandzukic is performing well, I think there's you know, no reason why they couldn't beat Spain.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's a hard hard team to to beat. as Croatia? Of course, England know that because we lost in the semi-finals. Still, still have nightmares about that game. We could have, we,
1: we could have. We were so close.
0: We were so close, yet so far.
2: Um, but England are going to qualify for the Euros anyway, regardless. Do you think? Well yeah that's what I mean that's why this whole UEFA Nations League is stupid anyway. Like I, I understand maybe like your your teams that are in what is it division B and division C if yeah. they win their group then they get in the Euros which is obviously amazing.
0: Yeah so it's a chance to give the lesser teams a chance to qualify for major tournaments.
2: Yeah but why why are we messing about with putting England in this qualifying top? We're going to e- even if we finished bottom of that group we would still qualify for the, through the normal process anyway.
1: So what, that, what is the point? For me it's just like I think there should be some sort of um, mini league set up like a, basically you have 10 teams or something in a league you play 18 games over the course of you know whatever two years whatever um, between the international international tournaments and stuff J- just to make things a bit more competitive maybe some sort of reward like you get an extra bid token or something for a World Cup or a Euro, a Euro or something like that just something to spice it up a bit and like make the matches more competitive and make them Make make just give him that edge. Give them something where fans can you know really you know, yeah put the teeth into it. I mean to be fair, I, I prefer watching competitive matches
0: over friendly matches, and I think that's what the UEFA Nations League is bringing you. You know, you, you would have these international breaks anyway, um, which is too many, by the way. I prefer watching club football than international breaks, yeah. but you know, I do much rather prefer watching competitive matches than I friendlies.
1: Think, I think no, there's still the problem at UEFA. The UEFA Nations League, a lot of people just see it as a glorify friendly. I remember Paddy Power put a tweet out saying something like, looks like a friendly, it smells like a friendly, it's a friendly. They're like one of the first UEFA Nations League, uh, one of the first games they did of it. And I think that's that's what they've got to try and shake off. And I think it's, it's going to take some time. But if, they, if they're dead set on it and they keep putting the effort into it, I think may, maybe with time it'll come a bit more upset, uh, accepted.
2: I hope so, because I can't stand it at the minute. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, well, I think that will bring us to the end of uh, this episode. Hopefully
0: everyone who listened enjoyed it. Make sure to uh, like, follow, share, do whatever you can. And uh, hopefully by the next podcast, we will be on iTunes. So we'll keep you keep you updated on whether we will go to uh, iTunes or not. Uh, but, yeah, thank you very much for uh, listening. And seeing as though it is the international break next week, we may not have much to talk about, so we may not fill an hour. But we will try, and we will be doing a quiz. How does Ooh. that sound? Yeah, yeah. A on. football quiz. Bring it on! break. We, we need
1: to get some guessing for that one. I need, I need team Care, We need, t- we need team Kieran. We need team Will for that you one. You think? I think we do. I think we've got. We're on sports channels, of course. I'm sure there's some lads that want to get involved in that. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> That'd be pretty good. I'll, I'll get the quiz all together and uh, yeah, do a quiz next week. Uh, but thank you very much to uh, Kevin for joining me. It's been, Cheers, mate. been, good. And thank you very much to Will as well. Uh, and we will see you guys in the future. But for now, it is to Rafa us.